Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Awesome. There we are. There's some people. There's my microphone. Hey, uh, before we jump in, I want to take a second and make sure you're aware of a couple of things. We've already mentioned the Bottles of Blessings and, and the parenting classes and, and some other groups that are meeting here through the week, but I really want to focus in on marriage. And so I just want to make a quick plug about marriage retreat that's coming up next month. And so, men, hey, if you bomb Valentine's Day, hey, this is a great way to be able to, to connect to your spouse. And, and a lot of people think of, you know, I don't want to go to a marriage retreat because nothing's wrong with my marriage. And I, I, I can dig that. I'm with you. I understand that principle. But at the same time, this is not really uh, to, to have that pride swell up in men. I want you to do something for your marriage because I believe in what marriage can do uh, for our families and what it can do for our culture uh, and a Christ-centered marriage. And so maybe, maybe it's an opportunity for you to plug in uh, and you can go online and look where we, we can get you plugged in. But if you need questions or if you have any questions, hey, come see me or one of our people at Connection Point. But that is next month, February 16th, 17th, uh, 18th weekend. For us, and I can't express enough, I would love for you to participate with us. Spread the word on social media. Come join us. If you can't afford it, which is about $45 uh, for the weekend, hey, come see me. Man, we got some scholarships available for that. Come see one of our campus pastors. We'll make sure you get a scholarship for that. We don't want anybody to miss out on it. But more importantly, I just want you to know that it's coming up and to go ahead and block off your schedule uh, because it's important and it's really valuable for you and it's valuable for your families. And so I can't plug that enough. Hopefully you'll get it. You'll hear for the next four weeks, Uh, but for today, uh, we're we're definitely on something new. We're moving forward. We're advancing in where we're at with the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ into our culture, into our city, and we've been doing it for quite some time. If you don't know who we are or what we represent, this is a great Sunday for you to be here. Here's why, because we're in the newness of a new year, but more importantly, we're talking about what we are, who we are, our values, and and why we do what we do, and so for the past couple weeks, that's where we've been. And I'm excited that you're here, uh, and it's, it's 60 some odd degrees this morning, not, not, not like, you know, four like it was last week. But I'm excited simply because we understand that a lot of people come to the loft with baggage, right? And, and we also know that people just have been far from God, or maybe they're, they're just in that, under, that, that understanding of, man, I, I don't add up, or my, my life is not worthy to be able to be a, a volunteer, or I can't serve. Or, but I just want you to understand a couple words that come from the Apostle Paul, which he wrote half the Bible, if you really wish to think about it. Um, not really, but he wrote a lot of books of the Bible in the New Testament. And in, in Philippians chapter 1, it says this. It says that he, he finds himself in, in, a, in a critical situation. Uh, basically, he's, he's about to be executed, um, but he's still advancing forward with the gospel. He's chained up to some other prisoners, and he's telling his love for Jesus. But more importantly, he's telling his love in a way that it's radically multiplying. And he says this in, 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 in chapter 1, verse 12. It says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, I want you to know that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Well, what has actually happened to me, this, this moment in time, this moment in history is actually going to advance the gospel. Now, a lot of you are like, well, you don't know my situation. And you're right, I don't, but he does. God does. And if you surrender it over, if you submit, we're going to talk about that word in a little bit, where if you submit everything that's happened in your life, and I promise you, he's going to advance the gospel in a way that you never have dreamed or fathomed before. And so literally, I'm, I'm asking you just to, to lean in. 
I don't, know, I don't know where you're from, where you came from, your, your background, your DNA. I, you know, I, I don't know any of that. But what I do know is if, if we all just lean in and step into the light, it can literally advance the gospel where we work, where we live, and where we play. And we talk about that often around here. But last week, we talked about what it means to be a partner uh, as we continue to move and multiply in, in the same direction here in our culture. And we, and we want to be like-minded uh, people who are moving together because we're a force for good. And, and we don't want to have this membership mindset, right? We have power. We have that, that membership mindset. What we want is, 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 is where we really are a partner for Jesus, and we're moving together as a force, and, and where we can literally see change lives that literally change lives that only Jesus can get the credit for. And sometimes when you have that membership standpoint, we, we, you know, we pinnacle it up and, and we say, oh, the pastor did this and, or this, this person did this. And we, we really want it to be like this where we can say we're all moving in the same direction and we, we literally want to see Jesus get the credit for it because we have one focus in mind. We have one target in mind and it's to literally focus in on Jesus more. We want to be fully devoted to that. And that was last week. And if you missed it, I would encourage you to go listen to it and you may be saying here today, well, I, I, I don't really want to be here. You know, I, I don't. I, I, I don't even understand everything. I'm just here because of her, right? Or I'm here because of him. And uh, I'm just, I'm just I maybe I had a bad week and I don't want to really be here. Maybe you were raised differently. Maybe you're a different faith. And, and maybe you're, you, honestly, you're far from God this morning. But, but I pray what happens over the next little bit, this next couple of minutes here we have to talk that you start to experience something that can radically change your life. And it's, and it's something that I love to call a four-letter word. And a four-letter word that's changed my life is love. And I pray that this word can literally start to seep into those dark areas that you try to hide, right? You cover up and, and it literally inside you, it changes everything. And you can't shut up about it. Because at the end of our journey of our life, you know, we have a couple things that we'll be known for, and I pray that you're, you're known for love. I pray that at the end of our life, we, we are known for love. And, and today, that this was a piece of creating that change in you, that love for Jesus. And when we, our day is done, when our, when our life is finished, we can look back and say, you know what? That life was, was a, a life built around love. And that was the foundational piece was today. That today was the day that the, the foundational piece was laid, that love can change a life. And so if we, we really look at what, uh, how this all, uh, you know, allows us to move in the right direction, it's, it's about what we target. And, and, I, and I said last week, for those who are hunters, man, they're going to love today. But, you know, it's, it's those, you know, especially we grew up in this country atmosphere, this, 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 this region of Kentucky. We, we, most people understand what hunting is. And, and I grew up on a farm a little bit, and, and we, we, we did have some shotguns around and hanging around. And, and, but we, we target, right? And we have target practice and stuff. And, and this is what I've learned over time is if you don't know uh, what your target is, you really don't know how to, you know, you're just out there swinging a gun around. Now, I've seen people, maybe you've been around, they just, they, they don't know how to, you know, and if you're around, everybody hits the floor, if you know what I'm talking about, when people start slinging guns. But we want you to be laser focused. We're not going to hand a gun to you this morning. Trust me. But what we really want you to do is understand the principle behind what we target, why we target what we target, and who we're targeting, and, and, and the importance of it. And this is a reason, because, you know, for me, this, this might be funny for some people, especially with children. Uh, but I have three boys and two of them. You know, I've learned over the years is, is if you have boys, you'll, you'll understand this, that targets change everything. They do. Uh, Cheerios can change how we target things in our house, especially in the restroom. 
And so it, it affects everyone. And if it does, it affects everyone, especially those who have to clean the restroom. Target practice matters. It does. And for the next person in line in the restroom, target practice matters for Cheerios. I learned that. And we, we're really good at hitting Cheerios in our house. I'm just being honest. And, and what, I've, what I've realized is maybe in life, it will matter for them later on because we, we've learned how to hit the target. And, and, and when we launched Centerpoint, we had this, this one type of target group in mind. And, and if you look around us right now, we designed everything we do uh, for this target and these, this, this target of people in mind. And, and you better know how to reach the target or hit the target uh, or you just might lose the one and only chance to present the gospel is what we've learned. And let me share it this way. My wife, here we go. So my wife uh, t- teaches second grade. She's been doing, she's a fabulous teacher. I think she's amazing. Uh, she's the teacher of the year in my book. But uh, she's been teaching for, for years now. Uh, and, and what I've learned is, is the way that she teaches a, a second grade environment is way, way different than teaching a, a, a group of seniors, a student of seniors, right? 11th graders and 12th graders. Um, it would just be really awkward for her to walk in in the way that she teaches to be able to teach those toys. Now, she might have a relationship with them, but she, they might not be able to, to learn as much, or she, they might not be able to understand where we're going because the, the way you teach from a second grade to the 12th grade is vastly different. It, it, it might be just a lot of wasted energy, right? It might be just a lot of wasted energy, and I feel like a lot of things that happen in our church culture are wasted energy. And I know that might be like, what, what? Yeah, but if it, look around. If we have so many churches in our area, we have over 75 churches within a, just a, a small area of Danville. Why aren't, we, why aren't we targeting better? Why aren't we hitting the target? These are great questions, and I think sometimes we just waste a lot of energy. And that's not bashing other churches. It's just we are a part of that culture, and so we need to know why we do what we do, and we need to be aggressive about it. That's why we can't slow down. This is why, as, as a movement of, of those who are like-minded and fully devoted to Jesus, what we do, it, it matters. It, it, that's why we are so laser-focused, and I say that word a lot around here, we're laser-focused on our target, because targets matter. And a couple of months ago, I went out to the shooting range uh, with some guys uh, to pl- pass this class, right? To pass this class, we had to hit a target, something like this. We, we literally had to hit a, a target. Now, I know it might look aggressive for some people, but hey, you know, it is what it is. If you want to take this class, you got to hit this target. And it doesn't really matter where you hit it, but you can't hit over here. You can't. You got to hit the mass. You got to hit the target. And I'll just say for, for the sake of, I passed, okay? So don't mess with me. <laughs> I passed. There was others, though, that really, really struggled. And when they pointed that gun around this way, everybody hit the floor. You know, and some people jumped, and I just, you know, you, you should, some people shouldn't have a gun in their hands. But what I would say is, is targets matter. And when you laser up on this right here and pump that thing and you, and you knock it all out right here, it matters. It matters. People matter. When you hit this target, it literally changes lives physically. And so I'm just going to leave this right here because I want you to understand that people matter. It matters what you hit. It matters what takes place over the next couple minutes here for you to listen, for you to lean in and to really understand 
If we're going to succeed at hitting our target, we better know what we're trying to hit instead of just wasting a lot of energy. And, and, and I'll say it this way, too. Is, is I don't know if you've ever been skeet shooting, but a skeet looks like this. And they're really fun if you've ever had a chance to go do it. Uh, but it's, it's pretty neat to go do this. And, and, but the truth is, it, I, I, I don't know, maybe you don't like guns, and then you're like, oh, this is the worst sermon ever. What, kind of, what did I get into? But let me just tell you, a couple years ago, I, I went out and got a chance to go hit some, shoot some skeet. And, and it was the first time I really ever used a shotgun about 10 years ago. And I, and I remember, you know, they, they, were, they were throwing this thing up, and they got this machine. You can throw it by your arm, or you can throw it up like this. You can, you can choose to, you know, launch it multiple ways. But what, what happened was is they launched it, and, and this guy had a wide choke. And I'll explain that in a second, but it had a wide choke on the end of it. Well, man, I was busting these things, like, left and right. I was, poof, well, I'm... I'm awesome at this. You fire, pull, you know, pull. You know, I was putting it behind my back, behind my leg. I was doing stupid things. I was like, man, this is not hard at all. This is easy peasy, man. Pull, 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 boom, 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 you know? And they were just, and I was just like, why is this so hard? He goes, let me, let me try something on you. And so he switched the choke. The choke is at the very end of it, right? Now, honestly, anybody can go out there, and if you can aim the gun in that direction with a wide choke and hit it, 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 it'll break, right? It will completely break because they're just made out of little clay, clay pigeons. But when you switch that choke out, all that shot, the lead that comes out of the end of that barrel, is laser-focused, okay? It's laser-focused, and it's a bunch of little beads hitting something about the size of this. And when it hits it, it obliterates it. It's just a puff of smoke. It goes poof. And maybe some of you guys as hunters or whatever, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, when he said, I said, pull. You know, I got the cockiness on me now, man. I am full of myself, right? I'm like, pull. Poof. And I looked, and I missed, and I was like, boom, boom, boom. You know, I'm trying to shoot it on the ground. I still can't shoot it. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, well, you know, let's just try it again. I said, you know, okay, try it again. And he, pull, boom. And I, cannot hit this thing whatsoever. He goes, well, lead it just a little bit. Just lead it about Lead what? Just, you know, here, just hold it right here. And I'm just trying to shoot it. I still can't shoot it. I'm like, what is going on? He started to describe to me. He said, when we start to narrow the gap and we become laser focused, we put all the energy into that hitting the center of that target, it makes it more challenging. It becomes way more challenging. I was like, yeah. You dang right, it becomes more challenging. But that echoed into center point. I just don't want to throw up and just start and just doing church because we, we live in a church culture, right? And we can just come up with a lot of great ideas and a lot of great functions and a lot of events that could just wear us out and we could waste a lot of energy. But what happens when we laser focus all of our attention on that target? We obliterate. We obliterate it. And you know what I found out over the years of just up here meeting in the loft? Is there's families that come up here and they'll run away because they've never been loved before. They'll ask these questions. Is it fake? It seems fake. There's nobody can love me that way. I don't, I don't even understand. I got greeted a hundred times and that's fake. Like, Dude, you haven't experienced changed lives then. You don't know what it feels like to aim at a target. You need to go back to Cheerios days. Or go shooting some skeet with me with the guy that offered a, a, you know, a choke that just laser focus. You'll, it's hard. It's challenging. And that's why it is what it is for us. It has been challenged. It has been messy. It has been difficult. But I do know this. When you 
or the person who've been hit, you know. It wrecks your world. You can't, you can't get enough of it and you just want to know more, you start to open up the Bible for the first time, and you just, it's no longer just an object on the coffee table. It's something that you just can't live without. It becomes your daily bread. We want you to be laser-focused with us as we aim for our target. And the question for us this morning, then, is, is what's the target? What is the target? That's why when we launched Centerpoint couple years ago is that we wanted to make sure that we knew exactly, exactly how our love and our devotion to Christ was going to be laser focused on our target. And when we hit it, we obliterated it. It would pack a punch that would literally uh, allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does best is change lives because we can't do that, but he can. And so people would ask, well, what was that when we hit the target, right? They'd come up and say, what the heck is I don't understand. And they're like, that's just God doing what God does. And so for us, it's simple. It's really, really simple. We want people far from Jesus to experience changed lives that change lives. We want people far from Jesus to experience changed lives that change lives. That's our target. It's just that simple. You see, that journey begins, though, by us changing what we care about. And when that happens, everybody gets to experience what Jesus can get the credit for because when we witness changed lives that change lives, it multiplies. It just doesn't sit on the row anymore. It literally multiplies over to where you work, where you live, where you play. And that is what happens. That is what happened in the first century church when, when, when they saw 3,000 some odd people experience salvation that day. It multiplied that day. And then Jesus' ministry just literally took off before then with some intimate people in intimate settings, and, and they experienced him every single day, and it changed their lives. And it gets us back to where we're at today. And so in the book of Matthew, if you, if you have your Bible, flip to it with me, chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles in the back. We encourage you to take one. If you don't have one, we, we give them away freely. But hey, also if you've got the U version on your cell phone or the Olive Tree Bible, those are some apps that we love to use here at the Loft but in Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 10, in the early years, we, we find that, you know, 1 through 10, we find out that he, when he was born, how he was born, and for about 30 years, we see him growing up, and we don't know much about it, but we do know one thing, he's growing in wisdom and stature, and what was happening, he was learning, he was listening, he was beginning to go after that target that God sent him for, Right? But it all started with selecting some, some important guys around him, and, and that would be willing to follow him in what he does and how he does it. And so he picks 12 men who would follow it to be ensured to hit that target, to be focused on people, because people matter. And so then around Matthew 10, we, we witness as Jesus begins to send out these followers who have been listening, who have been walking with him and been doing life with him, to start to multiply his ministry. And so the crazy part about the understanding this, if you don't know much about the scripture here, is, is these guys were just average dudes. These guys were average Joes. No formal training, just fully devoted followers to what Jesus had to offer. They all had different skill sets. Some were fishermen. And to understand the fishermen in time, which were the lowest of the lowest of the scale of society, simply because they dealt with dead things and they were not clean people. And to even take it a little bit more weirder, to just to be around the religious people that day, they had to go clean through this religious ceremony to even become a part of the group that were worshiping. I know it sounds weird, but they, that's what they did. Maybe we do that too in some ways. 
And I know it sounds weird, but that's just what they had to do. And that's why I love Jesus, because he shows up on the scene. He chooses these guys that are unclean, and he said, follow me, and you'll experience change. You see, religious in that day and time, and maybe religion still day to day, says this, change, and then you can come experience. You see, I want to be what Jesus did. I want to follow what Jesus, I want to understand how he aimed and targeted people. He also picked out tax collectors that were just the scum of the earth during that time. I mean, they cheated people left and right. They still do that way today, unfortunately. But, you know, it's, they, they, they did. They targeted, they, he targeted those guys. And this is, this is what we're learning from today, okay? We're learning from a guy named Matthew who is a tax collector, a tax collector who experienced life change, and it changed his approach on everything. And so today, as we just lean into chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus had a target. He focused on it, and this is what it says. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them, say that word with me, church. What is it? Authority. Come on, I think you can do a little bit better. And gave them what? To cast out evil. I love that. To cast out evil, evil spirits, and to heal every kind of disease and illness. You see, when, when someone gives you authority, what do you do with it? Now, some of you just sit on it. Let's just be honest, right? You're just like, I got a point. You're my badge. You know, I mean, and you look at it. That's my name. You know, it's those moments, right? You just, I got authority. But typically, you feel empowered. You're like, I am the official door greeter. You know, I, you have authority. And you're like, I, I got power. You're ready. You're confident. Somebody believes in you. You're ready to roll no matter what the situation is. You see, that's exactly what took place here. You see, Jesus gave them a tool to hit the target, to see change lives that can change lives. He gave them authority. You see, what I've learned is this, is is Jesus, Jesus gives the tools to reach the people. We just have to follow it. Jesus gives the tools to reach people. And however, though, is what we have learned is, is most people People that we come around don't feel like that they have the authority or they don't feel like they have what it takes to share the gospel. And so they just sort of blend in. They sit in. They just, they just sort of put the cruise control on. And they invite people to this word called church instead of telling them about Jesus. We get really comfortable waiting for me to share a great story on Sundays versus you sharing your life-changing moment. We get on cruise control, and, and we just attend, and we blend. We, and we like to say it this way. We, we become consumers and not contributors. We become consumers of everything, and we just sort of blend in. We don't contribute in ways that we probably could. And so that's one of our values here is, is I will be a spiritual contributor and not a spiritual consumer of the church. You see, the church is moving And if you're not part of it, you're just consuming the energy. We're wasting energy. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. And so we will go, we will go and be the church to those who are not engaged, actively serving. I love what we do in our community. Love Loud Now. We target people with Love Loud Now. 
and other ministries that we can partner with, such as the Bottles of Blessings and Haven Care and, 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 and our Family First Resources and, and, and Grace Cafe and other huge ministries that we love to partner with. We're going to partner with them because they're reaching people that are far from God. You see, Jesus' life and death, I feel like. I feel like that they were, it was so much more important for the followers just to, to literally let me say this right, not to just blend in, not just to sit. His life, his death had so much more importance than just for us to just to blend in. But I believe also that a lot of people don't feel like they have the tools. So they choose not to share. And that's what happens. They begin to consume and they begin to blend. And then they just actually start to fade away because they just don't experience change on a daily basis. You see, last week, there was some snow on the ground, if you remember. And, um, and what my son learned was this. The right tool makes all the difference, um, especially in the world when we share, especially for the world when we share. A week ago, my son went out with a broom and a plastic shovel to clear some snow out. And he was ready to go, man. He was a beach shovel, those little slant things, you know, in a, in, a, in a broom. And I was just like, okay, go for it, buddy. And uh, needless to say, it didn't work very well. He was frustrated. And I saw him get frustrated, and I went out there afterwards, and, I, and he was ready to give up. And I went out to encourage him a little bit, and, and I gave him a new snow-clearing device, this huge, awesome shovel that had a metal blade at the bottom of it, and it had the arch in it. And, I mean, it was just amazing. It was bright, huge, yellow and man, he started to attack that sidewalk like nobody's business. He started pushing snow, ice, everything. He cleared our sidewalk. He cleared our driveway. He went across the next door neighbor's driveway. He cleared their driveway. He started pushing off the street. I mean, the dude was a snow machine, and he was having fun doing it. He was clearing it left and right because the right tool makes all the difference. And when we use it correctly, we get the job done, and we share it. He went down the street, just, he didn't ask. He just started doing it because he knew that it was the right thing to do, was to share it. And so if you're thinking still here today, you, you, you don't have what it takes to share, know enough about the Bible or maybe the skill set to go out and love on people. Remember this, if you don't hear anything else today, Jesus gave you authority. He gave you authority to go. And if we're going to follow, then you have the tools already. You just have to go love thy neighbor and watch what happens. John 13, 35 is a verse that impacted my life a long time ago. And the Jason Kilby version basically says it this way. They know him by how we love them. They know him by how we love them. And when you do it this way, with his authority... You experience Jesus, and people experience change, life change, and the environment starts to create a new environment of change. Now, what we know is Jesus knows that the target changes everything. Literally, the, the target changes everything. That's why he was so laser-focused uh, on the target that could change everything, and he sent his 12 guys out with specific instructions to follow that could change the world, literally change the world, and have a ripple effect to the next city over. 
He said this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. We're going to skip a little bit simply because it just describes those, those 12 guys and their names. You can go read that on your own. I don't want to waste time on that. But in Matthew 10, verse 5, it says this. It says, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. It says, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. Now then, why not? We'll explain that in a second. But only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. You see, there's his target. You see, Jesus had a laser-focused target. Don't go to everybody all at once. I want you to go focus on these people first because when these people change, all the rest of the people will see something's going on. Jesus wanted to reach the nation of Israel first because he was from that area. And they were, they, you know, it was also had Gentiles and Samaritans, and these people didn't get along with the Jewish culture. But if we focused on the Israel nation, those, those people who, who thought they knew everything, the religion people of all the time, if we focused on these people first, if we can change the lives here first, we, when these other people start to see life change, they'll just naturally start to experience changed lives because they'll start to ask questions. What's going on? They're changing the way they're worshiped. They're, 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 wait a minute, they're, they're loving me. They're, they're loving me. They, we don't get along. Why are they loving me? They invited me in. I'm unclean. I don't get it. I don't, why is this happening? Because Jesus knew. If he could change the culture here, his lost sheep, the people of Israel first, he could change the ripple effect would be huge. And it would multiply. And it would multiply in ways that literally we have never dreamed before. See, Jesus was laser focused. He had a target. Jesus gave them gave us the same target. And if we're looking into scripture, we're gonna see this word, and it says right there, God's lost sheep. God's lost sheep, his lost sheep of Israel. Those who were a part of the religious system had fallen away from church because they'd been beat up, right? Let's, let's just begin with them. We're going to focus in on them, those who grew up in church. I don't know if you grew up in church or not, but you, you never connected to true life change. You just attended because grandma went or mama went or, or papa or this is what we do on Sundays, right? It's just a culture. You know, life change, it's just a religion. It's a, it's, 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 it's a ritual for you. We're going to target these guys first because if we can change that, we're going to change your culture. Or maybe, maybe it's about this, but, but, but maybe it just has to do with, 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 with other things that's going to happen inside that, that environment where maybe it's a, it's a person who, who literally has been far from God in church and maybe uh, they, they, they have been hit or abused or maybe gossiped around or, or just they've just been torn apart and they're far, but they're apart. They're far. Maybe we should start with them first and just see if we can change lives by loving on them in a way that uniquely changes their life. You see, because when we start to see life changes in people and we start to forgive, just like Jesus forgave us, we start to see things that are supernatural. We start to see things that literally that Jesus was talking and targeting about. It's like the new person, the person who says that they were, they were all going to the gym, right? We're all going to the gym in the first three months. And you're working out in the new year. But in the first three months, you know, we, start, we don't really see anything. We, we physically don't see things. You might have wasted a lot of energy and some money and some resources because you didn't really change what you care about. You just went to the gym. And you continue to eat pizza, 12-pack of Mountain Dew, you know, chocolate, Nutty Buddies, by the way, that's my favorite. You know, it just, but for, for those persons and people who take it seriously and get a diet and they start to just shred pounds left and right, and in three months you lose 30 some odd pounds and, and people start to ask questions or maybe you put on 30 pounds of muscle and you're just like, ah, you know, it, whatever it is, people begin to ask questions, don't they? People really start to ask questions. What are you doing? 
what's going on, man? You've lost so much weight. You look so good. And in my march, you're just like, yeah, let me share. Let me tell you what I did. You can't shut up about the life changes you're experiencing. You want to tell everybody. But what I've noticed is a lot of people just go to the gym just because it's a culture thing. It's just, it's just something we do at the beginning of the year. And, and gyms make a, a lot of money at the beginning of the year. So does GNC. So does every other thing out there, product, because they want you to experience life change. But if you're not willing to put in the time and energy and the love, you'll never fully experience it. And what I believe is Jesus wants us to literally focus in on something here. I think he wants us to connect to the disconnected. I think he wants us to connect and focus our energy in on connecting to the disconnected. And when I, when I grew up, when I grew up, uh, I was taught to connect to the connected. And maybe you were too. Remember the whole stranger danger thing, you know? Stranger danger, you know, you, that's just how we were taught as a kid. And I know our church created a, a culture that embraced that mentality a little bit. And we did not connect to the disconnected well. And, it, and it, was, it formed a little bit who I was because I just didn't hang out with people who were far from God. But however, we did do a great job of connecting to the connected. We had a great family church, and it was awesome, and I remember that well. And, it, and honestly, it, it's a part of Scripture, and I, I'm not going to diss what that means because I think it's an important part of what Jesus says, go break bread with your family and be fully devoted to this. And so that's one aspect, but I think we miss out on the second aspect. I don't want you to miss that. Is we need to connect to the disconnected. You see, last week, we talked about this in a, in a different way, but let me refresh those who are not here. We talked about these numbers because numbers matter. I really do believe numbers matter. With the data we have within a 15-mile circle of where you're sitting, where you're currently sitting, 15-minute drive and in all directions, there's close to 75,000 people that live around us where we work, where we live, where we play. And on any given Sunday, there's, there's 10 to 20% going to church in this area. And that, if you just use the high number, 20%, that's about 15,000 people that are going or attending and, and participating. But we don't see this active movement that's just literally changing lives radically, and we see something that day type of mentality like the Acts Church is seeing. So that tells us that there's 60,000 people, there's 60,000 people within this one little 15-minute moment right here that, that, that's why we can't slow down on this mission or this target, this target. There's people far from God who need to know about the love God has for them to be able to be connected to the disconnected. In, in college, I had a flight instructor, and I was, it was my dream to be a commercial airline pilot, and, and I, I did that. But I had a flight instructor who was teaching me along the way, and he was a great instructor, and I loved him, and he taught me a lot. But... The lifestyle of, of a pilot sometimes can be a little different, right? And, and especially in college, it's, it's vastly different. And, and the flight instructor, you know, he just lived a life that was way different. And, and I, was, I was pretty focused with what I wanted to do and, and how I was loving on people. And he noticed that I was different. And so he told me if I, if I passed this test, this one test, and it was something in the air that we had to do, and if I passed it, I, he would go to church with me the next day. Now, I've been working on this dude for literally two years, Right? And so there's a lot of energy into this relationship. And I passed it with flying colors. And, you know, I think it was a part of our relationship. But he, he upheld his bargain. 
He showed up at the church the next day. He called me, you know, and was like, yeah, man, I'll be there. And I, I said, I'll wait for you on the outside of the, of the, of the church, and, 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 and I did. And, and so I knew sort of how he would probably dress, and, and so I dressed in one way, and I, so I, 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 I toned down the way I was dressing that morning. I just wore some khakis and a polo shirt, and, 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 and then I saw him coming, right? But the interesting thing, I was the one who was connected to all the connections inside the church. People knew my name, and the greeters knew my name, and they're like, hey, Jason, how you doing? What are you doing out here? I'm waiting for my friend. I've been inviting him for years, and, and he's coming today. I'm excited to share it and what God's going to do. And, and the next thing I know, he shows up. Here he comes walking up. As he's walking up, he's got a polo shirt on. It's like, okay, praise the Lord. You know? But you look down, and nothing bad, but it's just his jeans are all tattered up all the way down. I'll never forget it. And the, the interesting thing was he's putting his hair back like this, putting out a cigarette, flipping it over, and just taking those big Tom Cruise Ray-Bans off that we all pilots had. <laughs> and as he put him down, I remember, you know, seeing him like, hey, what's up, man? Come on, let me I'm excited. I'm coming across the street, and we're coming across the street, give him a big high five. I embraced him, gave him a big hug. He said, man, Looking forward to it today. And you could smell where he'd been the night before. You could still smell it. But he's walking up to the church with me to get connected. And the first connection point that he had was at the front door. And I love this church. But the first person, the first words out of their mouth, good morning, Jason, how you doing? Looks at him, good morning, son. Is that your best? I never will forget that word. I never will forget that moment. Is that your best? Because that day it was his best because he showed up and he was rejected at the door. Now he came on in and sat with me, but you could tell he was done. He didn't listen to the thing the pastor had to say. He didn't want to be in there. He was nervous as a cat surrounded by dogs, man. He sat like this the entire time. And the whole time, I was sweating bullets because I didn't know what to say. Now, then, this is the truth of the story. I don't know much about his life now today, but I do know this. He never came back. And I don't blame him. And at that moment is the day that God spurned something in my heart and saying, listen, there's something more. You've got to hit, you've got to look at a different target. You've got to start to change what you care about. You've got to look differently. And that's the day that we literally decide to flip the city and of where I went to college, and we did. We started targeting things different, and it changed the atmosphere. We became an aggressive culture, and it literally it, it did things that only Jesus can get the credit for. It multiplied in ways that literally it blew the doors down. It was awesome. It was a great culture. But seriously, I'm telling you, Jesus was targeting the disconnected, and he asked us to connect with those who were far from God. Those who, who may have grown up here in church, right, but need to know, be loved on in a way that can change their life this morning. Maybe they've been beat up seriously from the church. We talked about this just a minute ago. Maybe a divorce, right, and we sort of just pick and choose sides in church. Why do we do that? Maybe it's gossip that's destroyed a family, you know? What if, it's, what if it's something that has happened that's so personal that just turns a whole generation away from God? It's his chosen people. It's his people. And we just sit here playing church. We just go to the gym because we know it's what we're supposed to do. 
See, Jesus asked us to target these guys. So how do we get here today when Jesus said, I have come to seek and save the lost? How do we get here? How do we make church more about connecting than connecting the disconnected? I see a lot of people even here, and I'll step on, we use the word toes. I only got nine. But the truth is, is we, we love to come up here and just get connected quickly. And we just want to connect with our friends, but maybe we should take it seriously and connect people who are disconnected. And that means you're going to have to change what you care about. You're really going to have to change what you care about. And maybe we, we, we get comfortable shooting the skeet and just hitting, hitting those targets when, you know, you got the big, huge thing and you just sort of breaks the skeet just a little bit. But what happens when we laser focus that choke and we put all of our energy into hitting it? It obliterates it with love. You see, when the religious leaders during the Jesus time came up to him and asked him, why do you hang out with these guys, these messy people, these unclean people? Jesus fires right back. Do you know I did not come to hang out with healthy people? I love it. He said, he said this, they don't need a doctor. It's the sick who need a doctor. I did not come for the righteous. I came for the unrighteous. A lot of you have the authority and the skills to go out and start to do things that can multiply, but we're choosing just to play church, just to shoot the skeet and it just breaks versus obliterating it with love. Jesus gave us a very, very, very clear target, and this is why we can never, ever, ever slow down here because people matter to Jesus and they should matter to us. People matter to Jesus and they should matter to us. There are over 60,000 disconnected people within 15 miles of here, and they need to be connected to. So how are you going to do that? If you're waiting for me to come up with this great idea, you will be waiting here for a long time. But I guarantee you have already been given the authority. You have already been given the idea. You just got to go do it. That could change a life. We have to be continuously to change what we care about, and we have to try to reach people that no one else is reaching. We, we will have to do things that no one else is doing, and we will have to go places where no one else is going. One of our values says this, I will do anything short of sinning to reach people who do not know God, who do not know Jesus. And when we look at how we are targeting things, especially our student ministry, you know, when we started to look at that and we started to evaluate that, that's why we launched Living Room. That's why we said this is what it's got to look like. Some people are going to have to give up some of their time just to be able to, to put energy in the living room and to create an environment that's, that's for teens, for our city, so we can see life change in them. And so we're going to we're ask you to start to consider what that looks like for you. That's why we want to go after this teen center and because we know after school is a huge area that no one's targeting. And we want to be able to do this in a way they literally can change lives. That's why we, we really believe in, into launching groups midweek, and, and maybe it's an off night or Monday night or Tuesday night or Thursday night. We stay away from that church night on Wednesday, but sometimes we need to. That's why we provide daycare during those moments, because we believe that parenting classes are important for people. That's why we want to go deeper into our faith by asking tough questions, by, by experiencing the book of James together, or, or just literally just open the word and create an, an, an Excel moment or culture where we can just have spiritual conversations. That's why we blitz our areas with love loud now moments, because we get to go to people and share love in a way that no one else is sharing. It's not just shooting a skeet and just to check it off and just trying to break it. It's obliterating it with love. We're targeting the person. We're knocking out the matter. And then it ripples over. 
See, Jesus wants us to connect to the disconnected, where you live, where you work, where you play, but he also spent intimate time with the connected, and that's why it's so important for us to gather on Sundays and really be laser-focused on, on home groups because and, and our, our adults need life together. That's why living room is so important for our students because they get to connect with other students that are like-minded, and they, they get to dream and, and pray and to support one another. It creates space for people to be on mission, to be encouraged, to love, to be heard, but also to be challenged to be challenged and to experience change. Now, Jesus challenged his disciples with these words of encouragement, and I believe he is doing the same thing today. In Matthew 10, 7, it says this. It says this word. I want everybody to say it with me right here. Okay, ready? One, two, three. That was very weak. One, two, three. Go. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is near is a phrase we sort of hear on a lot of doomsday type of things. But this is not that type of doomsday. In the original language, we see where people around here, literally, we see this all the time where people stand on the street corner with, you know, get your fire insurance. The kingdom of heaven is near, right? This is not this type of language. The word kingdom is not the physical heaven we're thinking of. If the language back then would, would automatically allow them to understand that this is what they're talking about. The, the kingdom means this. The kingdom means kinship. It actually means in, in, in the dictionary, dominion, rule, or royal power. It's sort of, it's like citizenship. Somebody from another country comes into our citizens. It's like somebody from, you know, Canada that comes down or, or Mexico that comes up or a different country that come in and they, they were once were under that citizenship and now they're coming to Kentucky. Why Bull County? I don't know, but it happens. And they start to learn y'all is a word here, right? They start to learn that, right? And if you're from the hood, it's, I don't know, dope. But you know, it's those moments of clarity. That was a punchline for him. He gets it. But it's those moments of clarity, it's those, it's those moments of clarity where we're now under a new citizenship. We're in a new kingsmanship that changes the culture. This is what he's talking about. Go and tell the lost sheep you, you're, you're under this new power, this new life. But, but if you choose to experience what I've experienced, then you will also be under this new type of kingdom that focuses on changed lives, that can change lives for our region and our world. It will cause life change that causes everything to change. You see, Jesus was talking not about heaven, but about life change here in his kingdom, his power. And see, this other word I want you to just be clear about before we wrap up, this, this word near. You see, near does not mean soon. It, it doesn't. We, we often think about that. But what this really does mean in, 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 the, in the Greek is it, it's close. It's close by. It's, it's really, really close. Did you know that there's life change really close? Near is not a time. It's actually a distance. It's close by. And what Jesus was saying is, is you're just one step away from experiencing real life change. Did you know that? You're just, you're just one step. You're just one next step away from experiencing me. If we choose to be obedient and tell our story with our friends. If we choose to just start to really focus in on our target and, and adopt and be submissive to Jesus' targets, we'll, we'll change the world just like they did because it was, it's, it's really here. It's just one step. It's actually the step where you're sitting. You don't even have to move. You just got to move your heart to be open.
It's really, really close by. This is how we do it. This is literally how we go out and do this. And this is for those who are intimately following Jesus. And you're like, I don't know how, what's my next step? If you're fully in and you're fully devoted, it says this in verse eight. This is what we'll finish with. It says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons. And here's this word, give. Now people are like, uh-uh, there's that word again. That's three weeks in a row. You have hit me. Hey, where your heart is, treasure is. It says, give as freely as you have received. Now, let me just quickly. Jesus gave us authority. Jesus gave us blessings. Jesus gave us life. That's why we have to freely give it away. Because he gave it. And if he has given us mercy, we give mercy. If he has given us forgiveness, we have to show forgiveness. Some of you are sitting on a, a relationship that you're just so stubborn. You're sitting in here because you just won't choose to walk across the room and say, I'm sorry. But you, you expect Jesus to forgive you of everything you've done. If he's given you forgiveness, you've got to walk across the room to forgive. If he has given you love, you have to go give it away in a way that changes lives. If you, if you have specific talents, if God has given you a talent, you have to give your talents away. If you have gave you resources financially, let's just talk there. If he has given you those numbers, he, he expects something. How do you expect more if you've never, if you can't get this right? It's not going to happen. You have to freely give it in a way that changes life just like they, he did to connect to the disconnected. He did it in a way that connected to the disconnected to see life change. And that's the only way we're going to get it is right as a church if we stay focused on that, if we target that, if we freely receive from God, from Jesus, when we lead this way, when we lead and we choose to give it away, that's why I love we're crazy generous with everything. If, if that's a true value and that's just not something that's written on the walls, but it's really happening down the halls, people are going to experience life change. If we want to, to be a, a partner in this mission to advance the gospel in a way that connects the disconnected, then we, we're literally going to take this sin seriously. We want people far from Jesus to experience change lives that change lives. This is our focus. This is our mission. This is our vision all wrapped into one. It's, it's what we value and it's what we believe. It's our target and, and we will not take our eyes off of it. Even though people have great ideas and they have come, we've had lots of people come our way and, and share. We've actually had people walk away with great resources and say, why don't you try this? And, I, and I'm like, you know, I could, I could settle. I, sometimes I could settle and just, I could hit that. I remember, I'm a really good shot with that watch. But if I get laser focused and if you can't laser focus with me because people matter, then sometimes this might not be the best place for you. And I'm okay with that. I've seen numbers, big numbers, walk out the door because they wanted to change what we cared about to make it more comfortable for them. And I know it is way too much price of a... price was way too high when Jesus said, it's finished for me to take advantage and just shoot with a broken skeet. I, I, want to, I want to see it impacted in a way that it knocks it out and obliterates it with love. Just like when he said, I love you, Jason. Follow me. And I submitted to his authority on that tarmac that day. And it changed everything. 
change the way I think, change the way I love, change the way I live life. My question is for you this morning is, will you join me? There's a world around you. There's a world right sitting next to you. There's a world where you live, work, and play. And I know that, yeah, and I know that God wants you to be a part of this. But the thing is, you got to change what you care about. My question is, will you? So here in a minute, after my buddy Ronnie, I love him. We've been doing life for 10 years now. He knows what these things are, by the way. But I'm only going to put about 50 of these things up on the stage. And I know this is not for everybody, but this thing represents a person because people matter. And when we knock out the target, we knock out our mission. But there's still a world full of people that are disconnected. So I'm going to ask these guys real quickly to start putting things up. He's going to share something because I ain't got a clue what he's going to share. But we're okay with that. And we'll see what God does here in a second. Jeff, can I borrow your mic? My heart's full this morning, guys. I've been sitting over being a consumer for quite a while now. And I would be remiss if I didn't get up and say something for Jesus Christ. You see, I'm coming up on an anniversary. Fifteen years clean and sober. me it's all about Jesus guys if he can keep me clean and sober he can do anything anything in this world life still has its struggles every day is a struggle I need Jesus more today than I needed him 15 years ago <clears throat> Satan is standing there he's always telling you how he can make it better <clears throat> remember when but Jesus is there and he picks me back up. And he's given me a family that loves me. He's given me more than I deserve, that I've ever deserved. I deserve nothing from him and he gives me everything, man. So I, I apologize to this church and Jason and mostly Jesus Christ for sitting over there and being a consumer and not getting up my hiney and then speaking a word him and it will not happen any longer Amen. the altar is here for a purpose today a divine target purpose there these represent people and because people matter and like I said, I'm not asking for everybody to move. I don't want this to be an emotional response because that was an, an amazing moment. But I want you to sit. I want you to calculate the risk. I want you to, to understand where we're going as a church. We cannot slow down. We have to press the gas pedal down to advance the gospel in a way that radically changes our environments. And for some of you, you're talking about fear right now. What happens if I take one of these things and what happens if, hey, listen, 
I'm asking you to be no longer a slave to fear. Just trust God in your story, where you work, where you play. And when you take this this week, when you take it, if you choose to take it, your whole objective is to take it with you until you know. Maybe you already know and you're going to take a permanent marker and you're going to write that person's name who is far from God, that are not engaged in church, that needs to be engaged with us. And you're going to take it to them and you're going to explain it. You're going to explain it. Not me. You are. So that's why I feel like this is going to be a challenging moment for us. If you choose to come and take it, you know what you're being asked to do. You're going to take it to somebody who's far from God, not engaged in church, and you're going to talk. Not about church. If you talk about church, I'll spank you next week. Maybe I'll take you and show you what Cheerios mean again. We'll, we'll start there. We'll work all the way back up. But you're going to tell them about the life-changing moment that you had with Jesus Christ. And that starts with your story. The day that you experienced love. The day that love changed who you are. So Jesus, that's our prayer. Love built this. It's changing an atmosphere. It's changing a culture. But we can't sit behind fear anymore. The price was way too high when you came down to the earth and you said, hey, you lived life, you instructed people, you loved on people, you healed people, you you did things that changed the culture. And then you did something that no one expected. You died for the culture. You died for love to multiply. And boy, how he did it. People started to move towards you in ways that literally changed an atmosphere. It changed the church. It changed the religion people. It moved people. It allowed people to experience your love in a way that, that literally that we still talk about today. It's not just a story that's in a book. It's, it's truly a life moment changing experience with you, Father. That's my prayer today. We, we move towards that. And maybe you're here today and you don't understand that and you're just like, what is going on? I, I don't get it. That's okay. Maybe your next step is just to surrender to that today maybe it is for you to take a next step and come grab one of these targets maybe it's for you to not grab a target and start to work on your own relationship and move across the room and go ask for forgiveness Lord there's a lot of things that we need to take place but that's why we can't slow down that's why we have to be laser focused that's why people matter because they matter to you Jesus, I'm asking one thing, that people move. This is not an emotional response. This is a full-out devoted moment that can change an atmosphere, can change a region, and can change the world. In your name, amen. Just stand and sing with us.